Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Hey guys, are we too, are we too close here? Or I'm a little concerned about this, but... I was pretty excited. This is the first time I'm preaching at a Connection Sunday, so I was pretty excited. It's a shorter message, um, but it's actually harder to preach a shorter message, I found out. Uh, but I'm even more excited about the topic, and I don't know if excitement's the right word, but just a sense of a, a sober reality uh, in my own life as we talk about the poor and what it means to follow Jesus to serve the poor. So, uh, my title and kind of the big idea is, is very anticlimactic because I'm going to give it to you right now. Uh, the big idea this morning is that God has called us as we go out into the world to bring the gospel, to remember the poor, to serve those who are broken and fragile and vulnerable in the eyes of the world and to be Jesus to them. You know, I don't know what your story is, but I grew up in a middle-class family in the suburbs of Chicago. So growing up, my exposure to poverty was very minimal. And then I went away to campus ministry at U of I, and our outreach was focused on verbal witness of Christ to those on campus. We did very little related to local poverty. So it wasn't until later in my life that I really got exposed to this reality that even in suburbia, in Chicagoland, there's many who are hurting and are barely making it. I saw one estimate as I was preparing this that 25% of children in the United States of America are living below the poverty line. And with the news of the economy and the stock market crashing, it's only going to get worse for those who are poor. So this morning, as we talk about remembering the poor, we're going to look at God's word together. We're going to have some time at the tables to dialogue about this. And then we're going to respond, as you can probably tell as the food is on the table. We're going to respond and do something about it. And all of this is focused on the reality of local poverty. That right in our backyard, there is a mission field of people we need to reach uh, and next week, Pastor Dave, correct, you are speaking on global poverty. So we're going to kind of do a tag team uh, the next two weeks. Uh, so let's read Galatians chapter 2 uh, together. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders I set before them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel right, might remain with you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. 
On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. There's a lot going on in that text, a lot of names. So I just want to hopefully break it down very simply. Paul is going about preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And people are responding and putting their faith in Christ. And then opposition is rising up against Paul. He says in verse 4 that false believers had infiltrated our ranks. These false believers were Jews who were demanding that Gentile believers be circumcised in order to prove their salvation in Jesus. If you're familiar with the Old Covenant, circumcision was a symbol of entrance into God's community. And these false teachers were upholding this tradition as necessary for salvation for Gentile believers. And Paul, I mean, he is up in arms. He is adamant against this issue. And he's fighting against this add-on to the gospel. Later in Galatians, Paul writes in chapter 5, verse 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And Paul goes to Jerusalem to present this issue to the leaders of the church there. And in doing this, he is battling for the purity of the gospel. That nothing would be added to faith and grace alone in Christ Jesus. There's something inspiring about watching someone fight for something that's true and right. I think of movies like Braveheart, where William Wallace is fighting for the freedom of the Scottish people. Or Gladiator, all the men are excited right now. Or Maximus Decimus Meridius battles for justice and vengeance for the murder of his son and wife against the Roman Empire. And Paul here is fighting that the gospel would be pure and right. And it says in verse 5, he says, We did not give in to them for a moment, so the truth of the gospel might remain with you. He's battling for the purity of the gospel. It is a worthy fight. And after discussions with the Jerusalem leaders, they affirm Paul's calling and the gospel that he is preaching. And it says in verse 7, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. I mean, these guys, Paul and Peter, are all about proclaiming Christ to unreached people. And they know that the Gentiles and Jews both need to hear the message of Jesus. And they come to this understanding that Paul has been given a unique calling by God to go to the Gentiles. And likewise, Peter has been giving a calling to go to the Jews. And there's this final thought, this final verse in this passage that I think we could easily overlook 
or neglect, but I think it's very important. It says, all they ask that we should continue to remember the poor. The very thing I had been eager to do all along. Amidst this tension and this battle for the purity of the gospel, the leaders of the Jerusalem church give Paul one final charge. Continue to remember the poor. Don't forget the poor among you as you go out and preach the gospel. From time to time, my wife Yvonne will send me on a mission to the grocery store to pick up something. And I don't mind grocery shopping. And I, often when I go, I am scouring the aisles for good deals and good values. So Yvonne is usually asking me for one item to bring home. And I come home with three or four bags of grocery. And she, she's never said anything, but I know she's thinking, all I asked was for one thing. What's the deal with all the other stuff? And here's what I love about what the Jerusalem leaders are doing. They don't give Paul a list of 10 things to remember as he goes out preaching the gospel. They share with him what is most on their heart in the heart of God. All we ask, all we ask, one thing is for you to continue to remember the poor. And I want you to check out verse 10 again. Paul's response, he says, this is the very thing I had been eager to do all along. There's a priority and a weight given here. As they're going out preaching the gospel, which is so important, the one thing that Paul and Peter are united about is continue to remember the poor. Paul's saying, thanks for the reminder, but I really didn't need it. I know this is part of God's heart. This is part of the gospel. As we go out proclaiming Jesus, let us not forget about the poor. And for us today, I mean, we're busy people. But I really believe in our church, there is a desire to bring Jesus to this world. That within us, there is a passion to make Christ known in our local community. And I want to remind us today, like Paul was reminded in this text, continue to remember the poor. Don't forget about those who are marginalized, who the rest of the world will overlook and neglect. We need to be the ones as believers in Christ to show God's heart to them, to show compassion and love and mercy. So what does it look like for us practically to remember the poor? I want to just give you three things to reflect on. The first one is to put away pride. I think it would be so easy for us to have a judgmental attitude when it comes to the poor and those who are struggling. We can easily think thoughts like they brought this upon themselves with bad choices. Or they are lazy and just need to get off their butts and start working. And even though sometimes this is true, this is not reflective of God's heart for the poor. Even Jesus in Luke 4, when he's declaring his messianic mission, he says, I have come to preach good news to the poor. So where's your heart at when it comes to those who are homeless and struggling financially? 
Are you stuck in a place of judgment and pride? And if you are, I think the first step you need to take is just come before God and to acknowledge that, to seek him and ask him to give you a humble, compassionate heart for those who are hurting and struggling. Put away pride. The second one is prepare your heart for random encounters. And and God really did a number on me with this one this week. Um, I'm familiar with the area. I know the corners, the street corners where a homeless person tends to to go to collect money. And it can be so easy for me to kind of set up this policy that, you know what, I'm going to give to established ministries that are doing work among the poor in the local community. And I'm never going to give to that random person. I think sometimes we can set up these policies that replace a genuine response to the Spirit of God. So going north on Route 53, if you're exiting Higgins by Streets of Woodfield, that corner is often filled with a person who's homeless. I've seen the same guy there for probably two to three years. And my response has been, oh, you know, I'll give to a ministry that's doing this work. I'm not going to stop and talk with him. And God has really kind of broken my heart related to that policy that I have set up. And when I'm driving now on Route 53, about to exit Higgins, I want to prepare my heart for that encounter. I want to ask God, God, what would you have me do in this moment? Do you want me to give or not give? Do you want me to take him out for lunch or not? And this is what I mean. We need to prepare our hearts for these random encounters. Maybe you work downtown and you pass a homeless person every day to work. And to ask God in those moments, God, what would you have me do? Prepare your heart for those random encounters. And the last one is pursue partnership. More than one-time encounters, we want our congregation to be engaged in ongoing relational ministry to the poor. We can be a witness for Christ as we build a relationship with them. As a church, we've identified some great ministry partners that are doing gospel ministry among the poor. Remember this? We handed this out back in January. It's at your table. It kind of highlights some of the key partners we have in our local community that you can get involved in uh, to serve the poor. But here's the thing I want to really drive home right here. We really want this ongoing serving and pursuit of partnership to happen in the context of community. Jesus sent out his disciples two by two for a reason. They were sent out in community to proclaim the gospel and to care for the poor. And we, as a church, really believe that our community groups are the primary vehicle for ministry of compassion and outreach and gospel proclamation to the poor. So my prayer today for us is that many of our community groups would again kind of reconsider how are we reaching out in our local community? What are we doing to actually build a relationship with those who are poor and struggling? And later in the service, we're going to highlight kind of a new ministry that we'd like to encourage our community groups to get involved with and engaged in. So pursue partnership with other believers, with a ministry that's established in helping the poor.
So the big idea, very simply, continue to remember the poor. This is not optional for us. This is part of our mandate as followers of Jesus Christ to bring the gospel to this local community. It doesn't require a missions trip overseas, but it can happen right here, right now. The mission field is right out these back doors. In the regular rhythms of our lives, we need to figure out what it looks like to continue to remember the poor. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.